Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This is a podcast from Minute Media. I'm solid to the crack. Never change me and my son of rain. It gets wet when we hang. I'm solid. Could touch the blue part of the flame. The blue part of the flame. And nothing I just want to roll with those in the bottom. Welcome to Sportfire. The sports comedy podcast that somehow encompasses both of the things Olivia Munn is looking for in a guy. I'm your host, Adam Weinrib. I'm a solid 5.5, and you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, in the huddle reminding Florida State to do something stupid, playing in the LASIK waiting room as everyone rushes to copy Jameis Winston, and in forehead Vayner, Joe Judge's meditative screaming app. Big show today. Jordan Zerm from the Checkdown joins us to talk week one NFL, plus a scout who watched Tom Brady Thursday night with a dark secret. But first, let's take a quick trip through the headlines. NFL insider Ian Rappaport announced the Broncos might explore a blockbuster Aaron Rodgers trade again after 2021. That means we could be in for a last dance style season in Green Bay. Except for instead of Dennis Rodman escaping to Vegas, it's Rodgers meeting Shailene Woodley in an organic basil garden in La Jolla. Rodgers, of course, was terrible on Sunday, throwing for 133 yards and two picks in a 38-3 loss to the Saints. He was pulled for Jordan Love, too, putting his status as the Packers' starting quarterback in... Wheel of Fortune. After the game, Rodgers coach Matt LaFleur called the performance, quote, embarrassing, while Rodgers' fiance Woodley called it the Divergent Series Allegiant. Meanwhile, Texans GM Nick Casario continues to demand six draft picks in any Deshaun Watson trade. Based on that info, he's hoping to trade with a GM who recently died? The early 2000s Portland Trailblazers? And are those six future draft picks or ones that already busted? Urban Meyer's coaching tenure with the Jacksonville Jaguars is officially over. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. I misread that. This story is from June. USC has fired head coach Clay Helton after week two, though, meaning Myers looking up hotels in the Los Angeles area because the Jaguars play at the Rams in December. And by that point, Meyer will be USC's head coach. Jalen Hurts and the Eagles came out of nowhere to destroy the Atlanta Falcons week one, but they did not wear the underdog masks, still nervous that Michael Vick could be lurking around every corner. Derek Carr and the Raiders won a Monday night game so crazy it made Mark Davis's hair stand on bowl. Carr hit Zay Jones in overtime for the winning score, at which point the eternal flame in the end zone briefly flickered, then was replaced by a flaming skull that intoned, Bring me the head of the losing Harbaugh. (laughs) Ha ha! Vegas, baby! The Patriots lost their week one game, but Mac Jones looked almost exactly like a young Tom Brady in his very first season. The only way this could look more like 2001 is if a Jets pass rusher showed up to Cam Newton's house next week and drilled him through the doorway. Giants coach Joe Judge fined Saquon Barkley $15,000 for tripping over a wad of chewing tobacco he spat onto the sidelines during the fourth quarter Sunday. And that's a complete lie, but you had no idea. Because the breadth of potential Joe Judge facts is a thousand miles wide. 
Daniil Medvedev beat Novak Djokovic to win the U.S. Open and denied Djokovic the rare calendar Grand Slam. Midway through the loss, Djokovic slammed his racket so hard the line judge finds Serena Williams. Coming up next, the question on everybody's lips, can Tom Brady and the Bucks repeat? We went straight to the source to an advanced scout who was in the stands for their Thursday night unveiling. Week one of the NFL season is in the books, and the football world is still buzzing about Thursday's kickoff game between Tampa Bay and Dallas. The Bucks looked ready to repeat, but the Cowboys' offense matched them almost play for play. But is Dak Prescott throwing the ball 58 times really sustainable? Joining us to talk about what he saw firsthand is, oh, come on, NFL scout Tyler Mowbray. Pleasure to be here, Adam. I definitely saw some things. Okay, so Tyler, the last time you were here, I asked you to talk about Trevor Lawrence's pro day, and you mostly gave me whispery gossip instead of cold, hard facts. That's right. But you are an advanced scout. That's your job. So I would love to hear a scout's eye view on what we all watch Thursday night. Like, football-related observations you are able to make based on your attendance at Thursday's game in Florida. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh, got it. So, with that in mind, what did you see from Tom Brady in week one? Can this Bucks team really go undefeated? I have a nasty little secret about Tom Brady. Come on. I kind of don't want to say it. It's really bad. Then why did you start saying it? Okay, fine. I'll tell you. Please stop begging. Wasn't begging. 44 is not Tom Brady's real age. He's actually 43. Wait, wait, sorry. He's actually younger? Yeah, he lies to get into the 43 and under clubs. What are those? Buffalo Wild Wings. Got it. Well, I understand why Brady would want to lie about his age, specifically to get into those. Look, a lot of people came away from that game impressed with Cowboys wide receiver C.D. Lamb. Do you think he has another level to hit? Oh, my God. I mean, so bad about Tom Brady. I feel so bad. You don't have to be. You don't have to feel bad. Okay, fine. I'll say it. That's not Tom Brady's real hair. Well, I knew that. On Dak Prescott. What? That isn't Tom Brady's real hair on Dak Prescott's head. It's Dak's hair. Yeah, that's barely gossip. That's assumed. Nobody was saying Tom Brady shaved his hair and put it on the Dallas Cowboys quarterback's head. Good, because he didn't. Great. You, You mentioned Dak, though, so... I'm going to irresponsibly try to steer this back to football. Coming off a shoulder injury, 58 passes, not great. Was this the best he'll look all season, or do you see that as sustainable? Oh, my God. Stop asking. I don't know if Tom Brady wears eyeliner anymore, okay? Anymore? Okay, fine. You know what? I'm going to burst if I don't. I'm just going to say a bunch of these Tom Brady nuggets in a row. and If you don't like them, you can edit them in. You mean edit them out? Those weren't Tom Brady's real muscles. That was an Instagram filter. A filter on the entire field? Tom Brady isn't Tom Brady's real name. It's Alan Ground. Okay, I see why he changed that. That's also not Tom Brady's real hair on Bruce Arians because Bruce is bald. Yeah, I know. Tom Brady says he's a 32 waist, but really, he doesn't even wear pants. He only wears hula skirts. Not true. I've seen him in pants every time I've ever seen him. Tom Brady signed with Tampa Bay by accident. He meant to open a Cuban fusion restaurant in Birmingham. He can still do that. Tom Brady and Dr. Fauci are the same guy. 
Nope. Tom Brady's chin is actually paper mache. Wrong. Tom Brady keeps a pen in his little football pocket when he's playing football. Gotcha. You know that ad where Tom Brady gets a phone call from Gronk and he doesn't understand him because of bad service and so he unretires? That didn't really happen. It's a commercial. That's was the first time I'm hearing of this. Thursday's game was fixed. Wait, the Cowboys threw the game? No, Tom Brady cut off the game's testicles. What? Okay, that was my last one. Thank God. Except for this one. Tom Brady's blood is 85% B8. Ugh, enough, man. I can't do this again. You get nine more chances to come on my podcast, but I swear to God that's the end of the line. If Ezekiel Elliott struggles again against a stout front, you can expect Tony Pollard to officially move up from RB2. See, now that was football scouting. Yeah, I forgot. Tyler Mowbray, everybody. Tom Brady's blood is mostly Dougie Juice. Tyler Mowbray, everybody. Very informative in a different way than we wanted and asked for. We were all excited for week one of the NFL season. Hey, yours truly included. I'm a major simp. But I saw an ad running during the games on Sunday that gave me a moment of pause. I don't know. This whole thing kind of just rubbed me the wrong way. Take a listen. NFL Week 1 is in the books. Packed with bone-crunching moments from the bone-crunching hits to the bone-crunching timeouts. It takes a village to kick off a season, and we like to take a moment to thank everyone. From the coaches, to the game day staff, to you, the fans. But at the end of the day, this league is about the players. It's stars. And so, we want to remind the NFL's best and brightest. If you need anything at all, our referees are there to help you. The stars specifically. We get it. Sometimes it's scary out there. The defense is angry, and now they're wearing lower numbers. Very confusing. So, if things get overwhelming, remember to tap a referee on the back and remind him you're famous, and he'll help you relax out there. Having trouble getting your timing right with your wide receivers? Can it sometimes feel like you two are having two completely different conversations out there at the same time? Remind your local referee that any light touching of any kind between the defensive back and the wideout, even a rub or voluntary handshake, should technically count as pass interference. What about the opposite? In the middle of a two-minute drill and feel like the world is swirling around you as you play pitch and catch with your favorite target, remind your friendly neighborhood ref that extending your arm to commit offensive pass interference is really just a fancy way of saying, hey buddy, everything's alright. I am offense, you are defense. We are now. If you're important, the ref will understand. After all, it's easier to turn a blind eye when you're legally blind. And this NFL Platinum Cardholder perk isn't just for the offense. No, no. Are you an all-pro pass rusher trying to take down a mobile rookie quarterback who always seems to be one step ahead of you? Give the ref the sign, and he'll give you one shot at the knees, free of charge. Just avoid the head. No matter how famous you are, the NFL regards head injuries with the utmost... <laughs> just kidding. You should have seen your face. If you're important, go for it. So this NFL season, if you're a star who finds himself down three with the clock ticking down, make sure to present your concerns to our dedicated team of referees, who are basically like 30 Jake from State Farms, here to keep your life running smooth. Warning, referees will not help you if you're Cam Newton or a quote, Cam Newton type. Was that even an ad for a product? Did anybody else find that jarring? An advertisement for the idea of comfort? 
That's what I found jarring. And now for our full week one recap on the verge of week two starting, my buddy Jordan Zerm from the checkdown. I wrote a question mark in there. Not sure why. Should I reread it? My buddy Jordan Zerm from the checkdown? I mean, that's where he works. Enjoy, Jordan. Here with Jordan Zerm from the checkdown. Jordan, thanks so much for joining me. Last time we talked, it was Yankees Indians playoff baseball time on a podcast. This year, those teams will not be facing off. Um, and it's both of our faults. Um, yeah, no, I think we both deserve um, all the blame for our respective teams. Um, I mean, you know, at least your team has been in the thick of a, a thick of a wild card race for the entire season, while the Indians soon to be guardians have uh, uh, petered out pretty early on. Um, but no, I like I get, you know, phone calls from the Indians front office all the time blaming me. And I just you know, I just have to take it. I just have to accept it. That's what it is. That That's simply what it is. Um, so let's pivot quickly because uh, I know I'm in the wild card race, but like, really, do I want to be in the wild card race? Not, <laughs> not particularly. So uh, let's talk week one NFL uh, just in time for week two. Um, so to start things off, just to counteract Bill Simmons, can you do on my podcast one minute on why Mac Jones and the Patriots will not be making the Super Bowl this year? No, you know, I can't. They're, Mac Jones is already the second coming of Tom Brady. That mm -hmm. offense, um, you know, is clicking on all cylinders. And it's like, I don't even know why you'd play the season. You just like just simulate it and put Mac and his like oversized shoulder pads into the Super Bowl and like, let's get on with it. Um, no, I don't know. Like he he's fi he's fine. Um, you know, he made some he threw some really nice balls. He also threw some passes that took what felt like a, a hundred hours to get to the receiver. Like his arm is very weird to me. It's like sometimes he throws bullets and sometimes he throws um, like a softball, like very high into the to the evening night. So like I it is <laughs> it's what it is. I just think like the New England people see another like guy that looks almost exactly like Tom Brady. And they're like, yep, there, let's go. We're right back to the Super Bowl. I mean, there's definitely, I'll, I mean, I'm not going to talk Mac Jones for more than five seconds, but there's definitely a horrible world where he's in the Super Bowl and he did an 0-1 Tom Brady and he knocked off the Chiefs on the road or whatever. But like that, that's Absolutely. one world. That, that's one world. Like it's not the likely world. It's just a thing we're thinking about because we don't want it. Yeah, no, it is not a likely world. Their offense is a far cry from many of the offenses that Tom Brady had, even when, you know, you you couldn't name either of their starting ride receivers. But like, you know, Nikhil Harry is not, you know, taking you anywhere. So it's, uh, you know, it's uh, it. I, but he's, you know, he's got the number one selling jersey in the NFL, which is wild to me. I found that out yesterday. Like there is an excitement for another white quarterback in New England. So let's get after it, you know? Yeah, I really, really didn't like learning that. And I learned that right now. And everybody heard what it sounded like when I learned that. Um, that was terrible for me. And I'm sure it was for you as well. You are a fan of one of those AFC teams that theoretically Mac Jones would be defeating on the road during his epic 2000-esque yes. run to the Super Bowl. Uh, you're a Browns fan, uh, which is probably obvious from the Guardian stock up top. But you know what? Sad to say it out loud. Um, you lost week one to the Chiefs, but... In my opinion, barely a loss, just kind of sort of a spectacle, almost like those Yankees Mets Subway Series games over the weekend where you just sat back and were like, oh, my, what what theater um, did, <laughs> did you find that wild loss devastating, more devastating or more encouraging? 
Oh, by far more encouraging. Um, there were a lot of people sort of on the other side of it, just simply because like in that first half, the Browns were, I mean, I'll put, I'll say the word dominating. Like it really was, they were doing whatever they wanted on offense and they were playing defensively well enough to um, quote unquote, slow the chiefs down and hold them to a field goal. And Andy Reid did a weird thing by like not going for it on like a fourth and short, like early on in the first quarter. And, but like, the chiefs play football at their peak, like no other team can. And I don't, and it's not close. And it, they may be the, the team that like in history, when they're on, you just throw your hands up and you're like, what are you going to do? Like you look at that pass that uh, Mahomes just threw up to Tyree kill. It wasn't even a good ball, but mm-hmm. like, because him and Tyreek have this chemistry of playing together for so long, Tyreek just happened to sort of stop and turn around at the perfect time while Brown safety, John Johnson, who like was, I'm sure just being like, this is a nightmare. Like, why am I out here one-on-one with Tyree kill? Like, I don't want any part of this. That's just the type of stuff that they're going to do. Um, and that's just the type of stuff that you're going to have to tip your cap to. So like, yes, did the, like the Browns absolutely had some self-inflicted wounds that lost in that game. Like Nick Chubb fumbled, and then Jamie Gillen, the Scottish hammer, just mm-hmm. dropped a punt and decided like, well, there's still time for me to kick it, but I'm not going to do that here. I'm running with it. So like they sort of lost that game on their own, which is a very Browns thing to do. Um, and as many of us who have been Browns fans for a long time, like there was a very familiar feeling in that loss. But it was but it was different because like offensively they're going to be really, really good. And for them to be on the road in Arrowhead with fans back for like losing their minds for at full capacity for the first time, like a year and a half, like I didn't even expect them to win that game regardless. So no way more encouraged. They're so much smarter than I think, I mean, than the Browns were two years ago, obviously, but then like they seem smarter than most NFL teams. I feel like I learn more about scheming and play calling from like reading your tweets and reading other Browns people's just breakdowns of where the counters are going and the motions, et cetera. Like, so I think you're, I mean, obviously they should be much, much better on offense moving forward. Speaking of smart play design, I'm a giants fan. Um, (laughs) I love that transition. Who, who first off, I mean, (laughs) no one else in their right mind would talk giants this week. So I will not dwell on them for very long, but who is going to be my quarterback next year? And here are your options. The fourth overall pick Aaron Rodgers or Mike Glennon. Wow. Um, love those options for you. I think it's definitely going to be Mike Glennon, Justin, (laughs) like to, you know, just as like we, we go along. I mean, I, I definitely feel for you because the giants like sort of just exist in this like purgatory right now where it's, it's, it's hard to like, like you said, like, where do they go? Like how long are we hanging out with the Daniel Jones experience? And like Saquon is still, you know, they had him on a pitch count, I think in week one, and now they have this quick turnaround to week two. And it's like, it's just tough, man. Like there is like Kenny Galladay is really good. Um, and Saquon's there, but you just like the quarterback thing as someone who for most of his lifetime is a Browns fan that the Browns, this was where they were at. Like they just had these quarterbacks they drafted that everybody was like, well, maybe, but like mm-hmm. you sort of knew deep down, like, no. And it feels like that's the point that it's going to get to with Daniel Jones. And like, I saw he lost another fumble like in week mm-hmm. one. And that dude, that dude fumbles more than maybe any quarterback in history. It's just, Man, it's a tough spot. And I and I as someone who has been there for years and years and years and years, I I do not envy where you're at. 
Yeah, they're not in the NFL. Like, so we, we don't have to like we don't have to dwell on it anymore. But it really doesn't feel like they are. Like, I have one friend who loves them who texts me about them constantly. We're talking Giants, so it almost feels like they're an NFL team, and then they play on Sunday, and it's like, no, that's not even in the realm. Like they, they will get inside the 30 and not score because they'll have, you know, not advanced the ball two more yards after getting a first and ten at the, you know, 28. And you'll see people on Twitter being like, well, that's not sustainable. And it's like, it might be, though. It's been four years. Of, I think it is sustainable. Talking about broken teams, uh, I the one pleasure I'm going to get is, is pairing the Giants with this team, the Green Bay Packers. What is with them? Was, was that an outlier game, like a week one weirdness? It was in Jacksonville. It was a Saints home game. Aaron Rodgers obviously didn't have the ideal offseason was that nothing or okay so three options was that nothing was that alarm bells or was that something in between just could happen might happen again not going to affect their destiny uh i'm going right in between like i don't think you're like hitting a panic meter and being like aaron Rodgers is gonna announce tomorrow that he's leaving and actually gonna take the full-time jeopardy job but like (laughs) it is man like watching that game one, first of all, shout out to like Jameis Winston content is just content I want in my life. And so like he had the most, like he threw five touchdowns, no interceptions, and he only threw the ball like 15. Like it was the most like antithesis of a Jameis Winston game you will ever see. And I am like so fascinated to watch his, um, his season with the saints, but no, I mean, I think like the Packers, there's just bad, there's bad vibes. There's bad vibes in Aaron Rodgers' man bun and his face. And then there's just bad vibes like around the team. Like they sort of seem, I don't know, like miserable. So you have no idea like what's going on in that locker room and like how the Aaron Rodgers stuff affected the team. But I think you'd kind of be kidding yourself if like you think it didn't sort of have, you know, like a ripple effect like throughout that locker room at times. And they'll probably be fine because they have, Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers still threw like I saw a couple clips um, of some passes that he did complete in that game and they're still like Aaron Rodgers-esque like oh my god like how did he fit in in that window type of throws but man you just like that's the type of game that really can like torpedo a whole season and you just sort of feel like this is either going to go in a couple of directions like they're going to bounce back next week or they're going to continue to struggle. And then, and then it's just going to keep getting weird because Aaron Rodgers this year seems like he's just like scorched earth and he's just going to be like uh, this is how I'm feeling, and I'm going to say it's like seven different media outlets. So we will uh, we'll see what happens, but I, I'm in the middle on it. Yeah, I'm telling you, my buddy Aaron Rodgers and Randall Cobb and Shailene all scoping out real estate <laughs> in the Rutherford, New Jersey area. Let's go, bring them to New York. Let's have a let's get weird with it. Yeah, Glennon, an all time backup. He can stay, but Aaron Aaron can start. Um, I was I was shocked by that. I wasn't a Saints believer. There were a number of week one supposed pretenders who kind of actually look sort of really good. I'm going to give you three, which of these pretender supposed pretender teams is most likely to be actually competent. I landed on the Eagles, Texans and Cardinals as my teams that sort of looked like, all right, one eyebrows up, like maybe not the second one, but at least one eyebrow, which of those teams do you actually maybe kind of like? That's a really good trio. I think of those, the the team I would believe in most is probably the Cardinals. And I say that for a couple of reasons. I think 
Like they are immensely talented. Like when you have Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins, just them two alone on an offense, like you should be so much better than what they were last season. And I know like Cliff Kingsbury's gotten a lot of critiques about like how kind of vanilla his offense was last year, which is so weird for a guy who at like Texas Tech like only did offense and just like didn't care about how many points their defense gave up. Um but like Kyler Murray played out of his mind. Uh, like he was making throws and he was putting like juke moves on the run on guys. And DeAndre Hopkins was doing like wide receiver one things. And like, it was just one game, but one, it was the Titans who are like a pretty good football team. And they made them look absolutely horrid. And like, we'll see like if they sustain like offensively, this sort of, um, the pace that they were on but then like you look at the defensive side of the ball and Chandler Jones just decided he was going to have five sacks and you're just like what what is going on so um I don't think like the Cardinals are going to quite play like at that level all season but like Kyler Murray and maybe people just because they were pretty mediocre last year like maybe they tuned out Kyler Murray is really freaking good so if they can sort of build a more exciting offense around it and let him sort of do what he was doing uh, on Sunday where like they're letting him throw the ball down the field and he's making plays with his feet. Like Cardinals could be a problem. So I think I, out of those three um, I'm in on the Cardinals. I will say I do just sort of have a football crush on Jalen Hurts. So I, I hope that he and Devonta Smith continue to thrive over there in, in Philadelphia. I kind of do too. It, it stinks that that's where they live. Um, did you get, <laughs> it, it does. Were, were you one of the, did you get a really good Chandler Jones sack pace tweet off or no? Did you get a chance to do that? Uh, yes. I am not ashamed to say that we made a graphic saying that he is on pace for 85 sacks for a season uh, on the check down. So, uh, you know, that's there, I'm sure with along with like a hundred other outlets that did it, but you know, it is like, you have to, like to you have to do it. And it wasn't that he just was sort of getting like sacks because of coverage. Like he was just abusing Taylor Lewan. He made Taylor Lewan tweet like, I'm garbage. I have to get better. Like, you know, you've had a really great day when you're making the offensive lineman send a, like a tweet where like, is he okay? Like, do we need to like, do we need to have a talk with Taylor? Like, does he want to come back next week? So um, no, man, like Chandler played just out of like was just getting to the quarterback whenever he wanted so uh you had to do the 85 uh 85 sacks in the year we'll see what he gets to um but like man a couple more of those and we're talking we talking strahan what are we doing like we'll we'll see what goes on but yeah that cardinals might be really fun i'm i'm kind of excited because they i'm just excited to watch kyler and it's like they can make the playoffs like that's kind of a blast yeah i've got him at 82 for the year so i guess we'll see all right We'll see if that's where he comes in or not. Um, I, I, I'm so glad you said Cardinals because my guy, my like fantasy draft crush that I was taking that I felt like was av- he was available for me in every draft. And I kept being like, why am I wrong? And then it looks like maybe I wasn't wrong is Rondell Moore. So mm-hmm. I pose this to you. I mean, he's mine. I, I select him. I love that guy. Which rookie who no one was really talking about prior to week one did you like watching the most? Oh, that's a really good question, man. Um, I mean, Ronda, yeah, Rondale is great. I'm trying to think if there's anyone else that sort of stood out, but man, I, I think just because my mind is blanking at the moment is like, just to talk about Rondale a little bit and how like, yeah, that's like to use him in the way they use him where you're just like, he's really fast. Let's like just quickly throw them the ball and get him in space is like the perfect way to do it. And then I think like, once you get that sort of stuff on film, 
then like in like successive weeks, you can um, start doing some other stuff with them where like, you know, you're putting them in motion and you think you're going to like give them a reverse and then you just sort of send them out on a route. And um, yeah, like he, you know, unfortunately he was, um, he dealt with so many injuries at Purdue, but like he was like the guy for a, a season in college football. And like, had he not um, been so injured, like, I think people would, he, one, he would have gone higher and two, I think people would just know more about him. Like he's electric. Um, and uh, so I'm, I think out of any rookie that like just off top of the mind, like, you know, outside of like some obvious ones, like, you know, I, Jaguars lost, but everybody, you know, nobody was like, well, Trevor Lawrence might be bad. Like, I don't think anybody <laughs> was like thinking about that. Um, so I, I think Rondale Moore is a great, like under the radar kind of guy to watch both like fantasy wise and yeah, just like in a fun, in a Cardinals offense that could be like super fun. Special shout out to to my guys who did basically nothing. Kadarius, Tony, two snaps and lost yards. Elijah Moore, <laughs> two snaps and lost yards. Uh, maybe three snaps, actually, I'm not sure. And then uh, Ramondre Stevenson, preseason MVP, who fumbled his first reception and then missed a block and got Mac Jones leveled from the legs down. So shout out to those. You love to guys. see it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, like Devonta Smith is obviously a huge name, but it's got to be cool to like, to say your first NFL catch was a touchdown. Like that's a, that's a pretty cool thing to be able to tell people. So, um, you know, he's obviously not an under the radar guy, but he, uh, you know, skinny Devonta getting it done. I, I also like that. I mean, I like that guy because I feel like he got unnecessary hate because people just couldn't comprehend that he was good. Like yes. a classic, like, look at this. St- oh, the stats are crazy. Every game I watch, he's open on every possession and scores five touchdowns, but I think he's terrible. And then like, of course he's great. So good for Devonta. Him too. And then like, that makes me just think of Jamar Chase again, like not a under mm-hmm. the radar name by any means, but man, you drop a couple balls in preseason and people are like, well, he'll be cut. And then you, <laughs> and then you watch him week one. First of all, he's catching a bomb from Joe Burrow. And then two, we did this on the check down. He ran a route against Patrick Peterson, where he just literally turned Patrick Peterson all the way around. He didn't get the ball on the route, but he was so open because Patrick Peterson was going the opposite way. You're just like, yeah, I think Jamar Chase is going to be fine, you guys. So maybe let's pump the brakes on that. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. He, he can, he can buy not rent in Cincinnati. I think yes. he's, he's secured. He secured his <laughs> congratulations to Jamar Chase who secured his spot on the Bengals. roster. <laughs> yes. I'm sure he's, I'm sure he's thrilled. He's not on the practice squad. Great news. <laughs> No, yo, I mean, hopefully, probably not. Yeah. Um, I'll I'll wrap with this. I'll let you go. Uh, you know, obviously, you are churning out content at the checkdown. Um, Sunday, week one, after several months off, I'm not sure how intense you sort of felt the preseason was for you, but week one always feels like a different beast to me. Uh, what was this Sunday like from a checkdown perspective? Like, how did you manage to, you know, with like. How did you expand all that energy? And was this diff- did it feel different from sort of like a week 14 last year? Was this like a little more high stress or was this sort of just like, all right, I know how to do this business as usual? Um, no, it definitely like week one is always overwhelming to me um, just because like you've had preseason is so like differently formatted in that like they have it over. It's like Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So like, you know. Sometimes there's like a couple games on at the same time, but usually like it's a little, um, a little more kind of spaced out. And obviously last season, like there was no preseason. So we just didn't even have to sort of like deal with that. So the sketch one, the schedule change where it's like, okay, preseason is back, but then two, like, yeah, preseason is just different. And by the time the first quarter ends, it's sort of like starters are out. So you're not quite as focused on it anymore. You're not kind of 
uh, pushing out the same volume of content that you are. And then week one without fail comes and you're like, I think I'm ready. And then those like seven games kick off at once in the early window. And you're like, oh my God, I'm not prepared for this in any way, shape or form. Like <laughs> it is such a, um, it's a sensory overload. And I think this is my third season now. So I've um, gotten used to it a little more, but it still is sort of like the adrenaline when, you know, we're, we're in this brand new office in Los Angeles that just opened. It's right across the street from SoFi, like literally next door to us. So like there was a football atmosphere because there was Sunday night football there. So like fans are starting to come in. We're in this office with like all these televisions. And so it definitely takes a little while to settle in. Um, but once you get into that rhythm, then it's just kind of a blast. And like, for me being a Browns fan, like luckily that game this week was in the later window where there, I think there were only like three or four games. So I could kind of like put that aside in that early window and just be like, okay, I'm going to watch everything. Um, like, I don't feel like I have to focus on the Browns cause I'm going to miss something like, uh, but I will say it is a sensory overload trying to watch multiple foot game football games at once. Um, and it's unlike anything I've really like experienced before. And I'm sure when I like after working for the checkdown, it's a very unique thing, but I think you're right in saying like, just because last year was so weird to like have week one back with fans everywhere and just like this quarterback class is great. So there's just a ton of excitement. And I think like the numbers were insane for like ratings mm -hmm. and all that this week. So um, no, it felt different in a really good way, but yeah, man, it's all, it's always chaotic. Like week one through three, I'm, I'm sort of like completely underwater and then I'm like, okay, now I'm fine. But uh, it's a singular experience. That's for sure. Yeah, I felt the energy working from home in the middle of New York. So I'm sure that <laughs> you being uh, near right by SoFi overlooking the SNF atmosphere, that must have been nuts. Um, I appreciate you taking the time this week, though. Crazy week. Uh, Jordan, thanks so much for stopping by and good luck to your brownies, man. Thank you. And um, good luck to your football team that's not in the NFL. So it doesn't really matter. But like, just have fun watching them. And I hope things I hope I hope they play well on Thursday. That's all that's all that I wish you I hope they um, put on a competitive performance, Adam, I really do. I, I really do too. You heard it here first, folks. The NFL is hoping the Giants <laughs> put on a competitive performance. That's an official league statement. You can quote me right there. <laughs> that's that's straight from the commission to Jordan to me. <laughs> Uh, thanks so much, man. Yeah, man. Jordan Zerm, everybody. Follow him on Twitter at Jordan Zerm. Follow the checkdown or preferably follow both. Like every football season, this is going to be a hugely popular football season. Now, this week, we lost a comedy legend when the universally beloved Norm MacDonald passed away at the age of 61. So in honor of Norm, I'd like to close the show with a series of sports roasts, if, if that's all right. Thank you. Tom Brady threw for four touchdowns this week. Please. The only place he should be touching down is at the Pro Football Hall of Fame. One of the greats. Aaron Rodgers really struggled this week, though, didn't he? Well, keep your chin up, Aaron, because otherwise you'll walk into a street lamp. Folks, the Philadelphia Eagles beat the Atlanta Falcons this week, but I think they'd both be beaten by a tiger or even a larger bird. The Las Vegas Raiders won a crazy football game on Monday night, didn't they? My, if that game were any crazier, it would have been my beloved bride, you dirty dog. Five touchdown passes for Jameis Winston this week, folks. Five, count them five. If touchdowns were fingers, you gotta hand it to him. Of course, a touchdown in the hands worth two in Reggie Bush. I said, you dirty dog. 
See, I don't understand this. Tua Tagovailoa beat the Patriots this week, and we celebrated him. Usually when you do that, we tear down your statue. Baker Mayfield and the Browns lost to the Chiefs, but it was definitely a moral victory in that they took more L's. Baker Mayfield, you know, he's a real stand-up guy. Unfortunately, a quarterback also needs to run. Ah, that Baker Mayfield. I remember one time, he asked me how to make sure he never got stuffed on fourth down. I told him, retire after third down. Football, you know, tough sport. You got linebackers, quarterback, cornerback. I'm a B right back. And then I leave. But I do want to congratulate Devontae Smith of the Eagles on his recent Heisman Trophy. That is something that no one can ever take away from you. Unless you kill your wife and a waiter, in which case. My thanks to Will Tempert, Jordan Zerm, and Norm, the greatest to ever do this dumb little thing I try to do sometimes. See you next week.